This episode is brought to you by Zencaster. Zencaster is the number one tool for all podcasters. You can record high fidelity audio between remote locations and get studio quality sound. Go to Zencaster.com and use coupon code that entertains for 20% off for three months or 20% off an annual plan. Welcome to this week's edition of Everything is Awesome. I am your host, Kev, and this is the show where we sit down and talk to awesome people about awesome things. Uh, this week we have uh, another set of great shows for you. Uh, it's another week where we're releasing two in one day. Uh, it's a it's a two-parter uh, is one of the reasons, but also uh, because this conversation is split up in a way where if you want to listen to some stuff, you know, you can listen to... Uh, episode the the part one if you want to listen to other stuff part two if you want to listen to both you can listen to both of them back to back uh before we get to all that though i just want to take the quick minute and say thank you all for listening um i like to thank you at the top of the show uh so that uh i know you hear it so thank you guys for taking time out of your day you could be doing anything anywhere and you're choosing to spend it with me and uh, mr ben wallace today uh, so thank you, thank you so so much. Um, we're also uh, I, I, I think one of these falls into uh, October, so we're officially in October, which means I got to sit down and thank you, uh, say thank you to our extra special super friends on Patreon. Thank you to Mr. Mike D'Angelo for supporting us on Patreon.com/slash That Entertains. If you want to support this show and subscribe to the That's Entertainment Podcast Network. Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash that entertains and you can subscribe to one of our tier levels there and every dollar that we make there goes back into this network whether it's to uh, reimburse uh, this show for its hosting fees, reimburse the Bullies Keep Out show, the Ladies Who Rant, Victims and Villains, every show will have their their hosting fees covered by that Patreon so thank you so much for doing that. You can of course also head to uh, iTunes and leave a five-star rating review or spread the good word of awesome through word of mouth recommendations. Let's get right to it. This week I sat down and talked with Ben Wallace. Uh, he is a, uh, let's see if I can pronounce this right, a uh, Episcopal priest. I hope I got that right. Uh, he's a podcaster, a tabletop role-playing game enthusiast, and much, much more. We sit down and we chat about, uh, in this part of the episode, weight loss and the Philadelphia Eagles. We talk about Philly, Bucks County. Uh, and Right before we get into Ben's podcasting career, what got him into it, and, and uh, some of the podcasts he started out with. Uh, all that and more right here on awesomepodcast.com and thatentertains.com slash network. Thank you for being on the show. No, thank uh, you for having me. I'm so excited to be on the show because I've been listening uh, for a little while now. Not not too long. I forget when I started listening. I don't know. Long enough that like I got amped to be on a show that I listened to. It's so much fun. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, and, and full disclosure, and, and if you've listened to the show enough now, you probably know. Like I, I have not listened to your show kind of purposely to to um, 
just for this, like for the conversation. Sure. Uh, I, I like to, it, it keeps it uh, more, more uh, get to know you convo versus let me go down a list of questions yeah, that sure. I have and sound like a robot kind of interviewer. Cause I'm, I'm garbage when it comes to interviewing, <laughs> uh, but I, I can talk your ear off all night. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, so you are, uh, we'll get this out of the way first, a fellow Philadelphian. That's right. Uh, oh yeah. I'm afraid we could probably freaking talk about that forever. That's, there's so much there. Are you in, uh, maybe you don't want to say this in the show. I don't know, but are you in the Levittown area? Did I catch that right? Oh yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I put it on, uh, uh I, we might bleep that out. I'm in Bucks County, but yes. Okay. To so your- my family's from Bucks County. I grew up in Bucks County. Okay. I grew up in Quakertown. My mom is okay. from Levittown. She lived in Levittown her whole life. Uh, my okay. grandmother, the house, like my grandmother, my grandparents lived in, you know, is in Levittown. Uh, and it's a tribute to that and also coincidence. I am drinking in a Chamonix Creek beer while we were Oh, born. nice. <laughs> it's, it's funny because I, 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 I used to drink beer all the time when I would do my night interviews. Um, I, but I don't know if it's uh, me a being on Weight Watchers or b being old that I'm I am tired all the time. And mind you, I say that don't feel bad because after we're done this interview, I'm probably gonna head to the gym. I'm gonna come back, finish up some laundry. I got uh, a laundry list of items I have to do for for podcasting uh, tonight. So I, I this might be one of my all nighters. So yeah, apparently, uh, wow, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's I usually. I usually stay up very late, ninety uh, percent of the week, and then one day a week I will, um, I'll, I'll go to bed early because uh, another night of the week I stay up all night uh, to catch up on everything. Wow, just wild. No, that's yeah. I. I could be a night owl like that. I think if I let myself, but I just, yeah. I just can't. Though my life is set up in such a way as like I have to work on daytime like everybody else yeah. who is a daytime person like i have to work on their schedule you know what i mean that's oh, how i feel about oh, it oh don't get me wrong i have i mean i don't sleep in For sure <laughs> like, sure. oh fair enough yeah. wow so so when it, it, like tonight might be my all-nighter night but like tomorrow night even if i stay up till midnight or so uh i will be up by six six thirty so i can get everyone's lunches ready and get everyone ready for school and work and whatnot uh, I have, uh, my fiance who, who, uh, she's a teacher in the city. So I, uh, I try to make sure that she just has to wake up and get ready and go. So, so I make her breakfast and her lunch and whatnot. I, wow. we have two kids that I yeah. have that one in first grade, the other ones uh, in preschool. So I have to get their lunch. So like, yeah. I'm Mr. Mom in the morning and then, and then I have to go to work myself. Well, there you go. So that, that's that's crazy. More power to you uh, for for the, doing the night stuff and then rocking that daytime dad stuff. That's that's intense. Well, and I'll tell you what. So there was a period of time, like probably uh, in, in like the, um, we'll say like October ish uh, of last year, like almost this time last year, maybe a little bit later, a couple of weeks later from that, this time, to to almost about mid May, late uh, to early June, but when, when I could not do all that. And I, I st- like a lot of podcasting got thrown to the wind because I just was not able to stay up late at night. Uh, and, and, and I think part, some of it was mental, some of it was depression. Um, and some of it was just, I was, uh, up until about March, I was at two sixty, uh, with the heaviest I've ever been in my life. And then, uh, from March to, to May, I was ra- around two fifty, And then I joined Weight Watchers. Uh, and, and since I've dropped the weight off, like it's so much easier to like have that energy to stay awake. 
Yeah, I, I've been trying to drop some weight back off myself for a little while, like, and I've had some success recently. I've lost like I would say almost twenty pounds this year, maybe oh, a little good. more, which that's is great. good. Yeah, it doesn't feel great when like you know, well, just being honest, and you know, base you said the same thing basically. If I didn't enjoy beer so much, it would come off yeah. faster. And I know that. So like yeah. as I sit here drinking the beer, I'm like sort of like, you know, weighing the pros and cons. It's like yeah. I want to drink this, but I know it's gonna be like, you know, a slower yeah. weight loss journey. So it's well, you know. And and so I, I have lost since um I don't include that first 10 pounds I dropped from 260-250 because that was me. Uh, attempting to do what I always did. And that was just like cut soda out completely. And, and it usually led to 25 pounds in about two weeks that I, that I dropped. Uh, that didn't happen this time around because I'm 34 years old. Uh, and uh, my, my body has finally caught up to my age. So um, I, I, so I, that first 10 pounds was just like me trying to my, my old habits to lose weight. Uh, so 250, I started 251, I think is when I started doing Weight Watchers and, and I'm down to 215. So I've lost about, uh, just over 35 pounds, That's awesome. 35 points. Yeah. It's, and it's great. Like I, it's real cultish. Like whenever I, I hate talking about, I mean, I talk about it a lot, but when people, when, when we, and when I get into this conversation and, and, and people ask me how I feel about Weight Watchers, I, I, I kind of hate it because it makes me sound like I'm part of a cult because, because I kind of am. Uh, well, I have to like, tell you, I'm actually using Weight Watchers also. My wife and I both are. Oh, are you, so are you doing the <laughs> online thing too? Yep. So I'm, I, so I know exactly what you're talking about. I, I'm, we're doing, yep. We, we are doing like, I'm, I'm looking at my Weight Watchers app right now. And like, uh, so like, you know, I like, yeah, I've definitely passed my daily points and dip it into yeah. those weeklies. But my week starts on Sunday, which is like, which means that I always feel good on Sunday night if I'm like, well, I can dip into those weekly points. But yeah. by next Friday and Saturday, it's going to be rough, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, um, I, I, after doing it for, I started uh, like May, like June 1st, basically, is like the easiest way to say it. Um, and uh, so after being on it for so long, like what I love about it, and and for my audience, for like we won't spend much time on it because it does sound yeah, real cultish. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> but it is it, it's really like I don't I haven't changed much about my diet. Like it doesn't feel like a diet. Like I'm drinking, I, I still drink the the my uh, lattes in the morning. Like I'll go to I go to Wawa now and get a latte instead of Dunkin' Donuts. Dunkin' Donut. I don't know if you've ever looked up a Dunkin' Donut. I I, I like my coffee to be uh, almost candy like. Okay. Even though I'm not a big sugar guy. Okay. I like. You have sweet coffee because I think um, coffee tastes like garbage, but I really like coffee. Like the idea of coffee, I guess, is what I like. Um, so in the morning, I'll, uh, I used to go to Dunkin' and get like a large caramel latte. If you look that up in, in the, the Weight Watchers app, it's 18 points, which at one point was half my points for the day. Uh and yeah. now it's like it's like it's like two thirds of my points or something, uh, whatever. It's 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 yeah. still it's more than fifty percent. So, uh, Wawa, you can get the same thing with sugar free caramel and, and almond milk, and it's it's only four points. There you go. So, so I, I, all I've done to make to to not make it feel like a diet is is just find substitutes. And, and I also have opened my eyes up to like different foods that I like, I never ate tomatoes. I hate tomatoes. I love the products that toma that tomatoes give you ketchup, barbecue sauce, uh, <laughs> all that sugary stuff is delicious. But the actual 
like fruit, tomato or vegetable or whatever the hell it is, uh, is I think garbage, but I'll now, if, if it's available, I'll take a, a tomato slice and throw it on, on a turkey sandwich. Or if I get a, uh, Panera bread is like a great little healthy spot where you can get the, uh, half a sandwich and, and, and a cup of soup or whatever it is combo. And that's, I'll tell you what, that was one of the first meals I had on Weight Watchers was, uh, was a, a half a tuna sandwich. Um, and, uh, and, uh, I got a, I got chicken noodle soup cause I didn't, I, I don't want to be greedy with my points. Yeah. Um, and, uh, that f- like normally my meal would have consisted of a whole sandwich and a bread bowl of, of broccoli cheese soup, right. Uh, that I would gorge on and think that I needed to eat the whole thing. Whereas really I was completely satisfied after half a sandwich and a, and chicken noodle soup. Yeah, Mel, my wife and co-host of Pot of Love, she likes to say that it's less of a diet and more of like if you use it right, it's not it's not it's not a diet, it's a life, it's sort of a way of life. And a life it's I mean yeah. it's not just what she says, it's what the, the it, cult leaders, the Weight Watchers say. Is that what they say? That's funny. That's what she says to me all the time. So she must have gotten it from them because uh, you know, this is she's the one who convinced me to do Weight Watchers. Uh and uh so I do Weight Watchers, I also combine it with like um, with also checking, like also keeping track of my macros because I live. Mm-hmm. And so like, mm-hmm. I, you know, it's really important for me to sort of have a certain level of protein intake and, and like, then sort of balance out my carb intake. And so like, it, it, but the nice thing about Weight Watchers is like, if I'm not, if I slip from like the macro counting for a little while, a little while, I'm still tracking my Weight Watchers stuff. Yeah. And I've gotten to the point where like, even if I'm like not doing a good job of actually following Weight Watchers, I'm still logging all my food. Even like I've convinced mm-hmm. myself, like, even if you're going to screw up and like go into negative point, like, you know, go beyond what you're supposed to go, go you know, use, just still log it because the habit yeah. is so important. Yeah. And, and I have, I, I've slipped a little bit here and there with that. And that's because like, sometimes I'll have like, maybe I'll have like an Oreo cookie or two. And like, I just, I, I'm, I don't have my phone on me or I'm just too lazy to, to, to track that. And my thought process is like, I know like this week I'm not going crazy cause there's really nothing planned. Like there's no parties, there's no live event that I'm going to, there's no con that I'm going to, there's nothing that I'm doing that's going to cause me to have a day where I may use all my weeklies and then some. So those kind of weeks where it's just my normal week, like I might not track everything to the T, but that's because I know I have my weeklies as backup and, and, and I know like it's, it bounces out. And I know, I kind of know now after doing it for so long, like what, how many points I'm eating um, and whatnot. So, uh, but there are like, if I go to a party or, 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 or for instance, like the Philadelphia podcast festival, uh, the, I, I help run things at tattooed moms that day. So I, I drink a lot and I eat two meals there. Oh yeah. And, and, and I tracked, uh, I, at first I said, Oh, I'll just throw 70 points up for the day because that's probably what I did. And my fiance was like, no, do it for real and see what it was. And it ended up being like 102 points or something. Wow. Crazy. Uh, and, and so now because of that, I will track those crazy days. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. More so than I will that extra cookie I had. Uh, right, like, right. because that extra cookies is, is, you know, it's like two or three points. It, it's something, especially as your points shrink, it means something, but, uh, but, but ultimately I, I have weeklies to cover that versus a day that I'm going out to an event, a baseball game, uh, a, a housewarming party, a birthday party, something like that, where, uh, I might use a hundred points that like, I've used a hundred points in a day now. So I know that I need to track as much as I can on those wild days so that I know how bad it is. And honestly, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to knock on wood. Um, I, I don't, 
I pay to go to the meetings. I don't really go to the meetings anymore because I, I, I just I'm not happy with the 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 people that I that are available to me to talk. But mm. I I prefer like we and we talked about it, and we talked about going online only. To me, it's worth paying the extra money to stay with the meeting plan so that maybe one day it's free. Uh, <laughs> a uh, if I hit that goal, but B, also, I trust their scale way more than I trust my scale. Oh, that makes so, sense. So I'd rather wake up every, I'd rather pay the extra money. A, I've been paying it for months already. So like, I, I'm not going to, it's not like I missed that money. Right. Uh, B, like, I'd rather wake up at like 7am every Saturday morning and go weigh in at 730 every morning and know that like this weight is accurate versus like my scale, I could w- step on it three times and get three different weights. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. And that's, I, I hadn't thought about it that way. Although they do have a scale at my gym, that's probably more accurate. It's like, you know, one of the sliding scales, they could probably, probably use that and probably get an accurate number two, which I, I don't do, but I, I theoretically, I could. If, if um, GNC at the mall, uh, Axel Valley mall, which is where I go. Yeah. If they opened up early enough for me, like I, I like to go like Saturday morning is, is, is when I feel my lightest um, even if I, even if I screw up and have a big meal Friday night or something like that, which is usually what we is takeout night. So usually I do, but, um, I, I really enjoy Saturday mornings, uh, early in the morning before I eat. And I can't wait till like 10 o'clock in the morning or whenever the rest of the mall opens before I can go eat. Like my fiance, she's not, a, she's not a big eater to begin with. Like she's, she, like to her food is a necessity to survive. Whereas food to me is delicious and i want to eat all of it uh so uh i i need to eat right away so so even waking up at seven and having to wait that half hour is killer yeah yeah so uh, we we went really far down the cult rabbit hole i think yeah 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 we did uh this episode (laughs) is not brought to you by weight watchers uh but yeah no so yeah it's funny i thought we were going to go down an eagles tangent i know weight watchers well we still can do that at some point in the show Go down the Eagles. Well, I, I, all I'll say about, and that's why I, uh, we, we were conferring that we were both from the, the, from the same. So are you in, in the city proper or I'm are you not in actually, one of the I'm in, No, I'm in, I'm in Upper Darby. I'm in Drexel Hill, I'm Delaware okay. County, but uh, okay. I have lived in the city and I've lived all, I've actually lived, now that I live in Delco, I've lived like in every county around Philadelphia <laughs> like oh, at nice, some nice. point. So yeah. yeah. I'm uh, I'm Bucks County, born and raised yeah. uh, in, in in several several towns in Bucks County, but sure, yeah, sure. I've never never ventured that far out uh, as far as like living. I've I've I used to travel for work a lot, so I've been like everywhere. But uh, but but living situations always been in the, in Bucks County, and uh, and there was a point in my life where I really did want to move down to the city, but but Maniac, so like the like nice city, right? Uh, yeah, cool. Uh, uh, and, and whatnot, but that all like kind of like, I, and I think if, if I didn't have kids, uh, it might be something I would still be willing to do, but like having kids and whatnot, it's suburbs are so much better. Like not even thinking about schools and, and, and everything just think about the yards, like the yard space that we have for the kids to play. And it's just, it feels safer. Yeah, sure. I get it. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and, and yeah, I mean, uh, I guess the last thing about the Eagles, is we got that W today. That's all that matters. I know, no, right. I, I'm, I'm sitting here in my Jersey. He's back. You yeah. know, Carson Wentz is back. Uh, yeah. he looked good. Um, you know, actually I'll tell you, I forgot 
how fun it is to watch him play from last season. Yeah. Like I kind of forgot, you know, until today. And it was that first drive in the game. And mm. if you're, if our, if your listeners aren't Eagles fans, they're like, what is this? But the first drive in that game. And then like later on the, the last, the last big long drive that, that took up all that time. Those two drives just were so like, and I saw you say on Twitter that that drive was killing you and it was killing me too, but I wasn't watched it synced up with you because I was watching it on Hulu, like, like kind of recorded, you know? So like, okay. I saw you post that and I was like, Oh no, <laughs> like what's going on? But we well, won. So, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, and really, if I'm being honest, everything in between those two drives was kind of garbage. Yes. Like now I didn't, I didn't get to watch week two because I was at Keystone comic con. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. So, I didn't see much of the game. Um, I, I can tell that it wasn't – obviously, we lost, so it wasn't a great game. You didn't miss much. Um, it was not a good game. But, but just comparing the defense this week to week one, like it was like almost a 180. Like To me, our defense was garbage today. Um, still good. I mean, they were good. They, they, they played well and whatnot, but compared to week one, we seemed like a Super Bowl defense at least not not a super bowl offense but week one we had a super bowl defense out in the field we had a we had a playoff team on the field i can say that i we didn't have a super bowl team out there today i agree completely um, i i think that week one that's exactly what my assessment would be of the defense and then today i was just kind of like well i wondered and the announcers i think like the people calling the game and like the commentary afterward i think was sort of dealing with this too wrestling figuring out what this was you know, it was sort of like maybe, you know, Indy's better than they were given credit for. Like they look pretty good. And so I I don't know if it's really that or if it's that our defense didn't show up today. I just don't know. I think I think that their defense now I, I it's I'm last year was the year that I I was able to get back into football. My my kids are uh, my oldest is, is now six and a half and my my youngest is uh, four, almost four, like basically four and a half. Um, and. Uh, so, so I, like, I kind of like gave up on football because I just, like, I wanted to sleep when I had kids, uh, (laughs) early on. So, so last year was like the first year that I could really get, kind of get back into it. And like, I, I, I don't know if you remember, but last year they played a game on the front page of Amazon. Uh, and it was the Eagles. It was like a Thursday night game that the Eagles were playing. Oh, right. Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I caught most of that game. I'm like, holy shit. Like like everyone has, this is why everyone's like saying we, we could go to the Super Bowl. Like they actually are playing well. Yeah. I don't think we're here to the Super Bowl, but they are playing well. Yeah. Uh, and, and then I just started watching more games throughout the season. And, and I mean, from the, from, I actually, I want to say from the week that, that Wentz got hurt on is when I watched every single game. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. Didn't, I didn't miss a game. Um, but it was, uh, so, so I'm just kind of getting back in, into like the whole, football on a regular basis thing. So I, 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 I've fallen off. I used to play fantasy. So I used to know like the ins and outs of all the teams and which teams were good and which teams were bad. But for, from what I could tell, like Indy's defense was way better than anyone gave them credit for. Um, at least in this game, uh, our defense didn't perform uh, to, to where they sh- should have. And um, I think that, that having Wentz back showed that a, he still has some rust that he has to work out. Uh, as expected, but that there's still other problems within our offense right now. Um, and, and it wasn't just the fact that Nick Foles and was starting and not Carson Wentz. It was, we have some issues with our wide receivers, even our tight ends, even though they were like the, the top targets today, uh, the, the tight ends weren't 
like even like Zach Ertz wasn't performing up to, to his, I think peak. Um, so, so I think there's, and the offensive line was like, they didn't help Carson Wentz at all today. The, the offensive line was garbage. Yep, absolutely. I was thinking the same thing during the game. I'm thinking this O-line needs to give Carson more protection without a doubt. Like if yeah. they don't, like, I, I mean, the last thing we want is to see him get injured again, which of yeah. course is like on my mind the entire game. Um, yeah. But like the O-line's just not doing what they need to do. And you're absolutely right. Like the, I will say that the team plays differently when he is playing. And I, I yeah. do think that's true. So there is, they looked better today than they did last week in a lot of different ways, but you're absolutely right. There are other issues uh, on the offense that we need to address with no doubt. And the receiver core, and you're right, the tight ends today, Zach Ertz just was not where he needs to be. No, no. And he, and he hasn't been even week one, he wasn't where he had to be. Um, It's, it's been, but I I think a lot of it is so, so with Nick Foles and and I swear listeners, we will get off the Eagles talk in a second, but uh, (laughs) Nick, Nick Foles, I think, He's the type of quarterback who needs to have consistent starts um, with a good team to, to become a good player. I think that's why we saw him struggle at the start of la- like the, a couple of his starts last year. Um, and, and then he progressively got better. Uh, part of it was also probably just great players surrounding him and also a great coaching staff to help coach around his ability. Um and maybe they weren't doing that as much this year because they knew we were only going to have him for the first few games. But uh, I, Foles, I think, is just the kind of type of guy, quarterback, who needs to have some consistent starts, some consistent play to get to the level that he obviously can win a Super Bowl at. Um, and, and once his problem is that he's been on the shelf since December 10th of 2017 or whatever it was. So he, he just he, – I think – because – because as bad as the O-line was, we got to see a Rusty Wentz play well yeah. through that. Like, yeah. like, just because he was Rusty didn't mean he didn't play well. Like, he was able to, like, if he wasn't the quarterback he was, if it was Nick Foles, we would have been screwed today. Oh, absolutely. Because we, yeah. he wouldn't have been able to, to, to buy extra time and scramble and get out of it and, and get out of, like, some, some sack opportunities yeah. that, that Indy had. Like so, the movement, like just his ability to move. I forgot how like mm. incredible it is to watch. Like sometimes it's just yeah. like, how did he make that into a play? His ability yeah, to yeah. turn a, a play that shouldn't be a play into a play is just phenomenal. It's so, yeah. and you know what? I think it's all up in his head. Like, I think like, the different, it's, it's let, you know, it's his body, but it's his mind. Like, I think like, you know, it's like he, he, he's determined and like, he just like does it up here, you know, in his head. Like, I don't know how to yeah. describe that any better. I'm probably not describing it well, but like, it's, I think it's like, he's got the mind for it, you know? Yeah, no, he's, he's, um, and, and I know people always say I'm wrong that, that I think Peyton Manning is the, the better quarterback in the, in the oh, Manning boy. versus Brady argument. Oh boy. Uh, uh, Peyton Manning, I think is just, I, 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 he was, a, and I think a lot of it has to do that he was always one. He was always like my fantasy quarterback, and he always won me a lot of games in fantasy. And that does but earn like, a lot of like you. You know, you develop a, a a you know in quotes relationship with a player who you mm-hmm. use a lot in fantasy. Like I know that, yeah. But but I, I for the years in his prime, uh, yes, he only what won, won two Super Bowls uh, with two different teams um, right. versus Brady's whatever and, whatever. And, and I five hundred. I, I understand. I understand that that does kind of count, but, and people will lamb, you know, they'll, they'll lambaste me for this, but I still tell you, I still think that if Tom Brady was on any other team, he would not be as successful as he has, has been. 
Um, maybe he would have won a Super Bowl or two, but I don't think he would have won as many as he has. And I think that the reason he's so good is because of all the players and the coaches that are on that team to that help him be a better player. I think in going back to 04, that Super Bowl, I think if you were to put him on the Eagles and you were to put McNabb on that team, he would have he would have lost the Super Bowl as an Eagle and McNabb would have won as a Patriot. Uh, because I don't think that team won the Super Bowl necessarily because of their quarterback. Um, he was a big help for sure. Uh, and, and, and a key factor, but, but I think that Wes Welker and, uh, God, I forget all that. I forget yeah, the, Gronk the, the players, and, but Gronk, yeah, all, all those guys that, that were with him during his heyday made that team. He had a great offensive line. Um, I, I, I personally think that if you're going to have two quarterbacks next to each other, with the same team surrounding them, who is going to perform better? I personally think it's going to be Peyton Manning over Tom Brady. You give them the same team, I think Peyton Manning is going to perform better. I think Bill Belichick is a savant, and he hmm. built a system that works for him extremely well. And I think you're right. It's like out of all the teams actually I can think of in the NFL, I, I think that they're the best example of where it's definitely not one person. It's the entire system from top mm-hmm. to bottom and everything about that system. Uh, so, you know, if anyone deserves well, the credit for it, I think it's Bill Belichick's freaking weird recluse genius that he is, but you know, like he's, he's weird and, and like, but he's a genius. To that point. I, I think last year, the best team that displayed that was the Philadelphia Eagles. And they also won the Super Bowl last yeah, year. Yeah, that's true. So, so I, th- I think that uh, – and we'll end on this uh, with the Eagles talk. Um, I, I think that the fact that like everything that we heard the Eagles saying that they weren't looking – to win this to Super Bowl, you know, that wasn't they were looking at the game and they were playing as a family and they were like it was all about the team versus individual egos. Unlike in 04 when we had the biggest ego of them all on our team uh and and couldn't pull it out with TO. Uh yep. we had we had we have this team that's that's an actual family yep. that that's working well together and you know, for the most part, we kind of have that team this year too. Obviously, there's there's some new people that that weren't here last year, and there's some people that have left. Um, but I think that I, I I personally think that, and and I could be wrong. I think that the the dynasty baton has officially been passed from New England to the Eagles. I I, I like we hearing you say Bowl, that. <laughs> Whether we win a Super Bowl this year or not, which which I, I think we have, are obviously strong contenders to do so. Um, I I and obviously with Brady still in the picture, like you, you can't count out the, the Patriots, even though I just said that he's not the greatest quarterback in the world, and, and I'll stand by that, um, despite what his numbers say. Uh, I think that the Eagles have a strong strong chance in the next ten years uh, with this quarterback and and with this coaching staff of winning four more championships. I like to hear uh, that. That's what I hope so, for. So, uh, that being said, uh, in, in, in Eagles talk today, uh, I know, I know my, my other, <laughs> uh, all ports open, uh, partners are going to be so mad at me for, for, not talking about our Kickstarter this far into this podcast. It's going to be like, you talked about Weight Watchers and the Eagles first. Which, no, this no. is how it goes. <laughs> this, is how, this is how it always goes. Exactly. Uh, we, so, so we do want to, obviously we're going to talk about your, your yeah, Kickstarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, but, and you've, you've talked about a couple of different podcasts here. Yeah. So 
um, let's kind of let's let's jump into your origin story. Sure. Uh, with with what brought you into the world of podcasting? What podcast were you listening to? Uh, and uh, couple that with what podcast, if it was something different, made you want to become a podcaster? Oh, those are great questions. I love that. You know, my story is actually a little weird in that regard because my I started podcasting when I was listening to you talk about how long you've been podcasting uh, in the last episode of Everything is Awesome. I was thinking about my own history of when I started podcasting and I've been podcasting for a long longer than I realized, but not, you know, like you kind of said for your story, not it's a number of years, but there's gaps in there or like, yeah, you know, it's yeah, not always yeah, consistent. Yeah, yeah. So I started podcasting and I think I'd have to look exactly, but it, it was either like, Oh nine, okay. maybe. Yeah. It was probably around Oh eight Oh nine. Right. Probably around Oh nine. Mm-hmm. I think it was. And it was with the podcast, no avatars allowed, which we just rebooted recently. Uh, we're on episodes like, I don't know, 26 or 27 of that show. Uh, now we're doing it on a weekly basis as part of the All Ports Open Network. But Dr. Joshua Wise, who was not doctor yet, he was just Josh, and myself, who's now I'm an Episcopal priest. I was not a priest yet then. I was just a lay seminarian. We started a podcast to talk about video games and theology. And mm-hmm. uh, like there wasn't that many people podcasting then like there is now, as you know, no. uh, having done it this long. It was a lot shallower of a pool. Like it was just less out there. And uh, nobody was really doing like what we were doing. And there were some other podcasts that were doing like religion and pop culture, but just not like now. I mean, it was just so different. And we did that for a little while. And life sort of like got in my way and I got out of it. And uh, he kept going. He switched to video format for a little while and it just sort of, it just sort of died out. He went on to do other podcasts um, and I took a break. So to actually answer your question though, about like what podcasts prompted me, I can't remember if I was really even listening to any podcasts when we started. Oh, interesting. Well, so the, here's the thing about me and podcasts is so weird about it. Is it like I got into podcasts because like we had this idea to do this podcast, but like I did almost nothing on the production side. I was a okay. part, I was part of the show. I was a co-host, but like the production stuff was just seemed so foreign to me at that time, which yeah, is yeah. so weird because now I'm a producer and editor and that's like my passion in life. Like it's like, like, you know, other than I, like I said, I'm a Episcopal priest. So also obviously like service in general is my passion yeah, yeah, in life. Yeah. But like, if I have a second passion in life, it's like, it's editing podcasts for whatever reason. I, I, some, so I started listening to podcasts after I stopped making mine the first time. And I started mm-hmm. listening to, and now I listen to like every podcast in the freaking universe. But I, I, I really fell in love with podcasting when I started listening to radio lab, which, okay. You know, a lot of people attribute to, you know, being a really well-produced show, really good radio. Um, And, like, they have just such a, like, sort of uncanny style. It's very unique and very their own. Uh, And the idea of doing, like, soundscapes and messing around with sound and, like, uh, that kind of stuff was really intriguing to me. I started listening to that. I'm trying to think of some other ones around that time I would have been listening to. I have a friend, also local, uh to Philly area named Justin Harlan, who has his own network, uh, farsighted network. And he was doing a bunch of podcasts. Uh, oh, I think he, I think he maybe, no, was it him? You may maybe, know I don't him. Know, maybe, it was, maybe it wasn't far. I, that, Justin, that name sounds familiar. I would not be surprised be because, if you've connected with him. I would not be surprised at all. Yeah. I don't, I, cause there, and maybe I'm thinking of a different 
blog. A blog interviewed me about uh, the first year I ran my my uh, uh, Let's F Cancer Festival uh, that, that I do in January. Uh, but I don't know. I forget it. Maybe that was a different one. But I because I think the Farsight, I think I have a buddy who writes for them. Very possible. Uh, like, uh, uh, I think like my, I think, yeah, I think the, the guys from I Like to Movie Movie, I know they write for for cinema 76 yep, it's called connect, now. yep 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 but that's all connected with the far side at one point or yeah. is still i don't know yeah okay okay so that's Go a friend on. of mine from college and he was doing podcasting and um i'm trying to i'm trying to give back then there was any more that i was super into i'm sort of spacing on whether there was any at that period but then like eventually i got into uh like McElroy stuff and listening mm-hmm. to, you know, my brother, my brother and me, that was actually more recent, um, that, uh, in the last couple of years. Um, but I started, let's see, uh, four years ago, five years, four years ago in October will be our fourth year anniversary. I, start, I wanted to get back into podcasting. And so I decided to launch my own show, uh, in my like clergy life. And I launched a okay. podcast called priest pulse. At that point there was like, there were a couple other people in the Episcopal world that were podcasting, but not very much. And they were pretty new. Uh, and so like I was listening to them too simultaneously as I was making my show. And so I started creating priest pulse and, uh, it's not, you know, as as you know, it wasn't good in the beginning. Well, I think I think even episode two wasn't bad, but I mm-hmm. I, I hate I thought about deleting episode one from <laughs> from our feed. It's just not it's just not where I wanted it. No, and, and and here's here's my argument to not do that. And, I, and I'm actually stealing this argument from somebody. I don't know if it was a past guest or an article I read or something like that. But uh, while episode one is, is kind of an episode that uh, will like set the tone. It's also a think about how many people that are going to be jumping into your show, uh, however many episodes in you are, are, are they going to go back to episode one? Maybe, maybe not. You know, I'd say more. I'd say less than less than fifty percent of the people will probably hop in on episode one, uh, right. unless you're telling a serialized story, right? Which we're definitely if not at all. Everything we do is topical and like current. So yeah, yeah. So 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 that's even less likely. And I mean, I'm the kind of crazy person that usually does now because I listen to so many podcasts. Like in 2018, I finally started like not doing that because I just don't have the time. Yeah, I'm uh, way. Yep. But I used to every podcast like. Like when I started Everything is Awesome in 2016, I used to every new podcast I picked up because a lot of them were local guys and whatnot. I would start from the very beginning. Uh, and some of the other ones I would find like uh, like uh, the One Shot Podcast Network of shows, like the ones those ones that I found, mm-hmm. I would go back to episode one. Those ones you kind of like it kind of makes more sense to go back to episode one and listen to. Sure. But um, I can't do that anymore. Like and that's why like I still have yet to pick up the Adventure Zone and, and, and some of those other podcasts. It takes from, a lot uh, of time. Yeah, I just and like I I love we got this from that's also part of the Maximum Fun Network. Yeah, um, I, I've talked to Hal a few times, and um, I I've wanted to go back to episode one and listen. I just don't have the time. And and the nice thing about that podcast is, unless you're going to submit an idea, you really don't need to go back to episode one because you because because it's all it's just topical, you know. So, um, uh, so there's that argument, and also like. Having episode one that may not sound as good as episode, let's say, 10 is good because people are going to expect episode one of most podcasts to sound not great. And then they're going to accept they're going to expect progression in your in your podcast versus having episode 10 be your your starting point And it sound perfect and never progress better than that. You know? Yeah. So. 
I think there's an argument to keeping your stuff. There's a reason why I have an episode called celebrating failure right, right, and, and right. a it's content B it it's um, even at that point, eight years into my podcasting career, I believe it was, uh, I was still fucking up Yeah, and, uh, it's just all part of the journey and you're never, I mean, and as you know, you know, you've been doing it for almost a decade now, if not a decade yeah, at this point, right. uh, it's, you still are going to screw up it's you're never going to have you're never going to be a perfect podcaster whether it's because technology is changing or it's because your headphones broken in your left ear whatever it is right <laughs> exactly yeah yeah so it's still up people can listen to that terrible episode if they want to uh but i got i got so into like i don't know i i wanted to do interviews and i wanted to do podcast just because i enjoyed doing it and i that's when i got like obsessed with like editing and i like i said i one of my early inspirations was listening to radio lab and i do like mm-hmm. things like this american life and things like that also but like i got into wanting to do audio documentaries so i started listening to a few of those and uh like more longer format audio documentary stuff and I did a couple of those, not really knowing what I was doing sort of quick. I did. I never had a chance to like really put the time because I haven't had the time or like the ability to put the amount of energy into one that I would need to, to really come up with that real crafted product, which is by the way, what we want to do with the Kickstarter. But like I, I did a couple of audio documentaries uh, for priest pulse, but that's always been like what I wanted to do, but I can't sustain that because I mean, like a show like radio lab, like the amount of hundreds of hours and like, like money and investment and time it takes to like create like one of those documentary episodes is so much like I work full time. I'm a parent. Like I have, you know, a life or whatever that, you know, there's just no, it's just not possible to do all that myself one person so uh but i got into doing it you know and i got i got i just got sucked into it and so like i realized at some point that radio is so much of my passion like i like there's another there's an alternate version of this universe where i ben got into radio and did radio editing you know which i realized which i've only realized in my 30s so it's pretty it's pretty wild it's well it's the editing side of it and, and even to a degree, the producing side of it, depending on what part of the producing you're talking about, as I, I, I dislike, I, I don't like editing um, I, mainly because I hate listening to my own voice as much as I talk. Uh, I like listening to it live. I don't like listening to it recorded. Um, that part I could do without. And that's why my, my editing is usually not too heavy um, and, and whatnot. Uh, the other podcasts that I listen to and edit for the network, for my network and whatnot, I, I also, um, it's not a fun process to do, uh, because it's, there's just so much of it. And that's my fault for taking on, uh, so many product, uh, projects, yeah. but, uh, I, I, I really, I did at some point, like in, in, in high school. Um, and, and since you're from this area, you, you will understand some of this, but back when YSP, um, was, uh, so I, I'm 34. I was in uh, high school in the early 2000s. Yeah, I'm 90, 35. So we're okay. same demographic. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know if you remember YSP oh, definitely. Back, in, back in the late 90s, early 2000s. I want to say I was probably 16 at the time. So it was probably like 90 uh, math. Uh, it was probably like around the year 2000 uh, when, when they were doing some sort of like uh, radio DJ contest thing where you could send in a demo tape and become a DJ. Uh, and me and my friend were like, Oh, we should totally do this. And we never did because we were lazy 
you know, 16 year olds, <laughs> uh, and whatnot. But that kind of always stuck to me in my, in the back of my head. And I was always a fan like of, of talk radio over music radio. So, uh, when, when YSP went to free FM, that was my dream. Like I was, Oh man, I get to listen to, you know, Howard in the morning. I get to listen to, uh, Barsky in the, in the, uh, mid mornings and, and, uh, uh Kid Chris in the afternoons and, and, and Kid Chris at, at one point, I would say at one point, you know, Howard Stern and Kid Chris for me were, were uh, like inspirations in, in, in wanting to be, get into radio. And I seriously considered going to Connecticut school of broadcasting. Wow. Uh, and, and I was and I, like to the point where I had phone call, like I had a, a lengthy phone call with them about like the process of what, what that means to go to their school. And, and I just never, I, part of my problem was I was, um, like with anything that like like this kind of stuff, podcasting and wrestling, which was a big thing for me, I was too afraid. I think to to commit to what you have to sacrifice uh, to do that kind of stuff. Um, and you know, while on one hand I could say I can sit back and say I regret that, I also wouldn't be where I am today uh, if I had done those things. So, and I'm very happy where I am today uh, and with with the life I have now, and and I'm doing. It all, at the end of the day, I'm doing radio. Yeah, it's just not the radio I thought I would be doing. Exactly. And I, honestly, better radio because, uh, you know, what I did ten years ago as a podcaster was very much in the vein of a Howard Stern show or a Kid Chris show. Versus today, I I look at and I was just like I, I just started listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And that is an incredible podcast. If you're into interview shows, uh. If, if you're listening to this, you're probably into interview shows. So if you want to listen to way better ones, you want to listen to Kevin Smith. You want to listen right. to Aaron McGathy. Right. Listen to Aisha Tyler. Yeah. Uh, that, by the way, Aisha Tyler is one of the ones that I uh, like really when I started really listening to Aisha Tyler. That's when I was like, I need to get better at interviewing. Like I really want to become better yeah. at interviewing. She inspires me to be a better interviewer. And, and I a hundred percent agree that they all like, and, and I, I, I probably haven't learned anything from anyone, but Kevin Smith yet. And, and that's because I think Kevin Smith is also like, he's actually a g- great interviewer too. Cause I've seen him do short form interviews, but his long form stuff is more what I do with everything is awesome. Like, I feel like this show is very much uh, like if you never listen to a Kevin Smith podcast where he sits down and talks to someone for an hour right. or two. You could listen to this show, and this is basically what you're going to get. Yeah. Just a, a fun conversation between two people. Right. Uh, whereas Aisha Tyler, uh, Aaron McGathy, and Michael Rosenbaum, who I just recently started listening to, they are excellent interviewers. And I wish I could find a way to to be that good and 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 t- like do similar interviews to what they do because it's just it's all inspiring to, to hear them interview people. I completely agree. And actually I'll, I'm willing to say that I think I actually have gotten pretty good at interviewing and I've been told that by guests, which is why I'm willing to say that because I, I hesitate to like, I'm not the kind of person that likes to say positive things about myself. It's just yeah, not my yeah. nature. I'm, I'm no one creative does that. Yeah. I'm willing to say it about this because like I've had guests on, so it's always means so much to, like have a guest mm. on the show, finish your interview and have to go, wow, you're a really good interviewer. I'm like, thanks. Like, and my co-host Colin Chapman, who's the co-host of Priest Pulse, he'll say to me all the time, like, yeah, dude, you, when you're on your game, you're on your game with that. And I think I've just like gotten better at it because I've been doing it for four years. I, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and we don't actually produce that many episodes of Priest Pulse, uh, like per season, uh, because we don't, we do it about every other week. And it's like, just because of the way that show happens to work out. Like we probably only do like 
I don't know if it was like 16 episodes in a season. I don't even really remember off the top of my head. Like not that much content. We used to do like, they were pretty long episodes, like for multiple segments. So like, you know, maybe two interviews for a little while. We were even doing like a whole round table discussion and then like two other interviews. Uh, and so, yeah, that's, that's all fun. I mean, it's so different than most of the podcast stuff I'm doing now. Uh, although I do edit another interview show because I'm also a producer on a podcast called the hive cast, which is like a, um, faith and spirituality podcast for an, mm. another network. Uh, so just one of the many <laughs> podcasts that I'm a part of, like the too many podcasts that I'm a part of. And, it's, and, and, and you've mentioned the, the, your podcast priest pulse and, and, and this other one, it, it, it actually, and this is coming from someone who, who's not uh, overly religious. Sure, and, sure. You know, I have, I, I have some faith, but you know, it's, it's not really uh, centered on anything official. Um I'm actually, and I, I mean, I shouldn't be surprised because there's a podcast for everything. Uh, but like it, it is, it blows my mind uh, kind of that there is uh, not, not uh, that, that there are, I guess, a lot of these types of, um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if they're religious necessarily, but uh, in that religion, spirit, spirituality realm of podcasting that there's, uh, I, so I'd have to assume even as little as, as four years ago, there, there couldn't have been a huge market for that. Yeah, there is no, no, a, not, not a huge market. I'm sorry. That's that's not, not the right phrase. There may have been a huge market as far as the audience is concerned, a huge uh, um, offering for the marketplace. There definitely was. There was not. There was, but there was some bigger ones that are like, well, you know, what's his name in Texas? Uh, uh, <laughs> I can't think of his name. Who uh, the mega church pastor. Um, oh, you are at, you're you're asking the wrong I know. guy. I, I can't believe I'm spacing on his name, but whatever. He's a douche, but he he <laughs> he has a podcast that he think he's done for a long time. I I think it exists. I just try to ignore that kind of shit. But like, is it the guy? Is it the guy who like who refused to let people come into yes, his church during yes. like a hurricane? Yes. Oh, okay. That's, yeah. yeah. I know. Yeah. You're Pretty like, sure he's had a podcast for a little while. Um, and then there's actually some. So there's there's actually a ton now. Um. There's a leadership podcast. Kerry Newoff mm -hmm. is a pastor of a pretty big church in Canada. He does a leadership podcast that's like both business and religion. Um, that's mm -hmm. that's actually good. Like I listen to his show. He's a really good interviewer. That's a that's mm -hmm. a good show on leadership. Uh, and so there's you know, and he's been doing it. I don't know how long. I don't know if it's quite that long. But no, when I started four years ago, especially in the Episcopal world, there was a couple other podcasts. But like I, I mean, that's part of the reason why I started it. One, I just wanted a hobby at that point mm -hmm. in my life. Like. I, I just like, didn't have, my life was a lot less busy than it is now in some ways. That's a long story. Uh, mm -hmm. but you know, I wanted a hobby and I, I thought podcasting could be that. So I got back into podcasting, not knowing where it would sort of take my life. I certainly didn't expect to now be involved in like six different podcasts at the same time, but like, it's just sort of where it went. And, and it's funny. Cause like it, it's it, as long as I've been podcasting, I've almost been involved uh, just as long with multiple podcasts. Like before there was podcast networks out there, we were trying to do something like that. Not with, with my original show, happy hour with steel tip, but, but when, um, when that show ended and we, we spun off to uh, the show called Creepcast, um, me and my co-host, we both had to go on, like, we both were going on vacation separately from one another, but we were, we were going at the same time. Uh, so our co-host, and this was back when I believed in having like, 
you got to have four to five people on a show. And because and, it was all, it was all that Philly talk radio where, where it was multiple people, more than two people. And, 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 you know, it was usually yeah. two main guys. And then it was like a, you had the other schmoes next to you. Yeah. who were just like, I grew up listening in. to Y100 too. So like, you know, Preston mm-hmm. and Steve who are still on the radio, I guess, but yeah. I haven't listened to them in a long time, but that's the stuff I was sort of raised on. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, so we had uh, those other guys fill in and literally I think it was called the other show is what they ended up doing. And we were going to, to turn that into like, okay, we're starting a network. We're going to, and things fell apart because there was arguments, just a bunch of things that happen when a bunch of 20 year olds get in a room and, and, and can't agree on anything. Cause as much as you don't think you're a kid when you're in your twenties, you're absolutely a fucking kid. Definitely. Like, you are dumb. You <laughs> don't know anything. You have an ego. Like, I don't care. Like even like I would even say me at 28 when I th- like was was like and I had a kid. I had a kid when I was twenty eight. Uh, that was that was six years ago. My kid, he was a baby, but like even then, I had an ego. Uh, and 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 I'm sure in ten years from now, I'll call my I'll say, you know yeah. what, you're a kid in your thirties. You're an I'm asshole sure. then too. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, but but you truly in your twenties, like you are you're you are basically still forming who you are. And and I guess there is the saying that like every ten years, you're basically a new person because because everything that you've believed 10 years ago, you may not necessarily believe now you're, 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 you're constantly changing. You're constantly evolving and whatnot. I know I'm a different um, person now than I was 10 years ago without absolutely. a doubt, without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. And, and same here. Like there's not, there's a lot of things that I, I did for shock value 10 years ago, 10, 15 years ago that I certainly look back on and say, well, that's, that's kind of embarrassing that I did that. Uh, but I did, it's just, it's, 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 I grew up on Kevin Smith. I grew up with Howard Stern. I grew up with Kate Chris. So all those things like factored into my humor and, and, and I've evolved since then to, to hopefully be a better, um, I don't want to say comedian, but a better humorist or a better person just in general, uh, and whatnot. But, um, so, so you also do, uh, and I don't know, is, is the Kickstarter more related to, to like priest, po- uh, priest pulse or more related oh, no. to no, no. like your other, I know you do, um, uh, a, a tabletop podcast too, right? Yes. Thanks once again to Ben for being on the show. Find him on Twitter at Benjamin Wallace and be sure to check out Ben on all his podcasts. Pot of Love and No Avatars Allowed can be found on allfortsopen.com and Priest Pulse can be found on priestpulse.org. Stay tuned for the next episode where we get more into uh, the Kickstarter that they're running for the Tales and Tomes Season 1. Talk about And of course, all links will be in our show notes, both this episode and the next episode. Uh, If you're looking for other shows to listen to, make sure you go to thatentertains.com slash network. We have a ton of shows there you can be listening to, like brand new to the network after Party of One Pod. It's where we sit down with people from the tabletop role-playing community, and we talk about the month worth of Party of One podcast episodes. Uh, The first episode is out now, or should be out in just a moment, uh, where I sit down with the creator, the host, the producer of Party One himself, Mr. Jeff Stormer, and we sit down, we talk about September shows. Uh, what a fun conversation to, to to be able to get into the man who who you know is an expert. Dare I say an expert of two player games. You can find the After Party of One podcast right here on thatentertains.com slash network. We like to end everything is awesome with a call to action. Super friends, there are a lot of terrible things happening right now. It can feel like you can't do anything to help, but you can. 
It takes people like us to make a difference. One of the easiest and most effective ways to action is to call your representatives about issues that are important to you. November is coming up. We are so, so close to Election Day. We are just over a month away at the time of this recording from Election Day, and it is never never so important to make sure that you are registered to vote if you're 18 and older you're eligible to vote right here in this great united states of america and let's make sure your voice can be heard by going to vote.org and checking your registration status there are some uh, loophole laws that have been deregistering people so make sure you go there vote.org and check your registration status when i call my reps i use a site called fivecalls.org that's the number five calls.org there, you'll find issue summaries for issues that are important to you, contact information for your representatives, and a script to read while you're on the phone to make sure your message gets across. Calling is quick, easy, and is one of the most effective ways to have your voice heard. Thank you to all of our supporters on Patreon.com slash That Entertains. Without their support, we wouldn't be able to bring this episode to you. If you want to support us in a non-monetary way, word of mouth recommendations and five-star rating reviews on iTunes are the best way to spread the good word of awesome. You can find us on Facebook.com and Twitter at RealAwesomePod or at AwesomePodcast on Instagram. And we're available on AwesomePodcast.com and ThatEntertains.com slash network. Get news about everything is awesome from our website, social media accounts, and also on my personal Twitter at ThatNerdyKev. If you're interested in ad rates, live appearances, help with your podcast, or have a question or comment, email us at awesome at CrudeHumorStudios.com. Everything is Awesome is a production of That's Entertainment Podcast Network in association with Crude Humor Studios. Crude Humor Studios is a Philadelphia-based production company specializing in audio, video, and live performances. You can find more info at crudehumorstudios.com. Thanks for listening, super friends. We've been awesome. That's Entertainment Podcast Network. Entertainment and culture. Artist owned. Fan supported.